I've seen a lot of fraud in the payroll because I think everyone's just used to letting an individual do payroll. And one thing that I try to encourage my business owners to do is to actually look at the very detailed payroll reports. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. It's no secret that bad actors are getting sneakier, but with the right tips, you can protect your organization from fraud. Today, Karen Davis, out owner and founder of Green Oak Advisors, LLC, is here to talk about fraud, best practices in terms of accounting, and how it can impact all of your accounting and finance processes. Welcome to Unsuitable, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. So great to have you on. Um, We've known each other a long time, and we won't go into that. We don't want to uh, offend the the innocent uh, between us, but... um, Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. We've uh, we've shared a lot of uh, war stories over the years, and I have to say, um, we, we've had some entertaining mutual clients and uh, folks that we've been able to to really help out of some difficult situations. But there's always a few too, right? That that don't necessarily always uh, take the advice and and you know seek the assistance that they should. So we'll we'll talk a little little bit about that. Um, here today. So give us, if you could, just a a quick overview of, you know, some of the things you see, you get engaged, right, to go in and, and uh, help folks, you know, businesses with their uh, accounting processes and procedures. So where do you start when you when you uh, get engaged with a company to, to assess things? That's actually a really good question. I'm actually pretty passionate about this, because I'm starting to see more and more fraud. Uh, in this last year because of the pandemic and people are feeling very uncertain. And so I'm starting to see people starting to, you know, charge personal things on credit cards. And so when I get called into a company, the first thing I try to do is look at their financials and then I interview people. And you'd be surprised how much people will tell you if, you know, one person is doing something that shouldn't. And, you know, that's what all the studies have said is that the way to find fraud really is through employee tips. And so if I go in and start asking questions and uh, some things don't make sense on the balance sheet, or I'll still start digging in, you know, one example to kind of jump right in is I went in and they told me that their CFO just works on Sundays. And I said, well, that's kind of interesting. So I started, you know, part-time and I thought that's kind of unusual. And I said, so, I started just digging into their accounts and I saw some unusual things, which is that the controller had his name and the vendor ID spelled three different ways. 
and he was cutting all kinds of checks to himself. So I went into the owner and said, how much do you think you're paying him a year? And he said, oh, I'm probably paying him maybe the equivalent of about $6,000 a year. And I said, well, in five minutes, I have found about $60,000 in checks Ouch. that you didn't know about. And that was just in one year. So you really see, you just start digging in and asking questions. Well, you certainly have a, a what I would call a gift or, or a, you know, the ability to quickly kind of sniff out where things look a little amiss. And I think, um, you know, part of that's due to the, the experience you have and just the, the ability to kind of notice, you know, through, through your years of experience, notice when, when something just doesn't quite smell right. And as you said, it's interesting in talking to the folks within an organization, how much you find out uh, and how much they, they're willing to confide in you. So what are some of the most common things that, that you see in terms of fraud uh, in, in owner-managed businesses? You talked a little bit about the credit card thing and Credit cards are the easiest. And I would say that of late, what I'm seeing is Amazon charges just show up on a credit card, but it doesn't say what it is. And so what happens is that they start with just little things. So they'll put an Amazon order in and they'll just add maybe a five or a $10 item for themselves. And maybe it even looks the same, like some Lysol wipes or you know, some soft soap, that type of thing, and they get away with it. And I know this because I've done a big forensic of late and started seeing the next charge was a little bit more aggressive or they got gift cards. And again, they're just going on the credit card saying Amazon. And so the owner that's just kind of looking at it or they're getting really busy and they just don't catch it. And so uh, it's pretty amazing what people start to do on credit cards. I had one instance this past year where somebody said, we accidentally used the wrong credit card to put our airline tickets on it. And so I'm like, okay. Um, and I'm hearing this story secondhand from the office manager who's saying, I can't get anybody to pay attention to this. Can you help? And apparently... You know, she said, oh, I'll bring in a check, but I'm never in the office. I'm good for the money. And then, you know, the next month comes around and there's some really weird charges and a whole nother set of airline tickets. Wow. And she says, well, it was in my computer that way. So it just defaulted and I didn't notice. And the office manager is still frustrated. No one's paying attention. And, you know, they had made this facade that they were living in this wealthy house that they owned turns out they were renting and were behind on rent, eventually evicted. And so all of it turned out to be fraud. But at the end of the day, it was $26,000 later. And there's no way to, for that company to recoup that. Right. So I would say credit cards are the easiest where people just get, I don't want to, I, I think they just get too busy um, yeah. to really do the due diligence of looking at receipts against you know, what's on a credit card and they're looking at general amounts that someone's charging or, you know, um, and they just pass it off and it just keeps mounting over months. Yeah. So, so not paying attention to those details, uh, obviously. And, you know, one of the other things, and we notice this quite often, it's just, you don't have that segregation of duties, of yeah. course. And with many small uh, owner-managed businesses, you just, you know, sometimes you can't do everything the way you'd like in terms of segregation duties. But what are some of the 
the best practice processes and things like that that folks can adopt to, to help prevent some of this? So a couple jump out at me right away. For one, I think that I've seen a lot of fraud in the payroll because I think everyone's just used to letting an individual do payroll. And one thing that I try to encourage my business owners to do is to actually look at the very detailed payroll reports, uh, maybe every three or four times. And, you know, because otherwise people give themselves raises, they give themselves bonuses, and no one's ever looking at it. So that is one thing that I really encourage people to do. And even, you know, and they all say that payroll is so sacred, they don't want anybody looking at it. Well, if no one looks at it, then a lot can get passed through. So that would be one practice. Another one would be, you know, when the bank statement, just log into the bank statement and look at all the canceled checks. It's usually another tab. They, you know, now with technology, no one's sending your, you know, your bank statement through the mail. Everything is just done, you know, through IT. And so people don't typically look at that and they really should. They should take a look at it, print everything off, even though they think it's wasting paper and they should sign off on all those checks and look at invoices that they don't recognize. So that would be another another tip for a small company that don't have enough people to have really clear segregation of duties. Yeah, I'm I'm often amazed at how many clients uh, that we we go into where the owner never looks at the bank account or never logs into, yep. you know, the online banking and I always tell people and, and you know this quite well, cash don't lie. So if if you you know, at least take the time to log in, look through the items and disbursements that are that are happening there. The owner is likely to at least maybe see something that might raise a question in their mind, and then they can bring it up. So, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. We've we've got one situation right now. Uh, you know, great business, family family owned business, um, but there's been unfortunately some disagreements among the family members and because they were family the the one family member who acted as a CFO they they just gave that individual carte blanche to do all of those duties you know because they they had trust that they were family well you know stuff as you might imagine gets you know, either not documented just very sloppy they start to question uh, certain expenditures. There's no idea what they're they're really for, and then you know, of course, come to find out, there's personal stuff running through there that that shouldn't be. Talk a little bit about documenting kind of process and procedures, because obviously that's one thing as as a CPA firm we like to see. But when you go in and help companies, how often would you say that you know true accounting processes and all that are are well documented? What what percentage would you put on that? Zero. <laughs> Doesn't get I, much worse. I I have never seen it, uh, and I've been into some big companies uh, to help them, and I think they're just focused on just doing the day to day. That I've I've never seen it. Um, you know, I I'm trying not to use names of companies as I give examples, so I won't say when this happened, but this has happened a couple of times where I've gone in and I've just asked the question, so tell me about your process. How do you approve expenses from vendors and let alone, you know, employee expenses? 
And I, I recently have had two examples of people who have said, well, they just email this, the invoices, and we just pay them. And I said, well, are you matching those invoices up to anything, to material received or, and so they're, you know, there's none of that. They're just trying to pay to get by the day. And so I try to say, okay, now we need to back up. You could have a vendor you don't know. There could be an amount. There could be double billing that's not even intentional. Right. And so I try to write down procedures that say, you know, you need someone. There's no supervision review in a lot of places. Mm. They just, everyone's just doing their particular job and, you know, cutting the checks. And if you don't have segregation of duties or supervision, sign offs on things, a lot of, of mishaps can happen. And a lot of overbillings could happen or fraud. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, and they're not documented. Yeah. And, and when you go in and, and sort of, you know, try to fix or correct uh, a, a lot of this, what, what type of things will, will you set up from, let's just say, a, a, you know, a recording type of procedures, basic accounting procedures, uh, things like that? What, what will you typically try to do for people? Um, I really try to, as you said, follow the cash. So I really want to understand who's got access to the accounting records and how does cash get applied and then who's overseeing it. So I will literally write down. So I first investigate what they're currently doing and then I identify areas where I think that there's opportunity for fraud. And then I put something in place and I write it down and I say, you need to follow this, even though you think that there's additional steps, you know, they've done a lot of research, Doug, and most of the fraud is by trusted employees. Mm -hmm. And so it takes, you know, research says it takes 18 months to catch fraud and the median amount of fraud is $120,000. And so I try to tell them those facts to say, look, I know that these are your trusted employees, but if you don't follow what I'm writing of, you know, how does a new pay rate get put in? Who's overseeing it? Who's looking at the payroll? Who's looking at the bank statements? Who's looking at the checks? Do you ever do a surprise audit of petty cash or a surprise audit of, you know, where are the checks locked up? Do you ever go in and make sure there's none from the bottom missing? You know, do you see anything weird in your bank statements that would make you say this is unusual? Or do you see any change in employee behavior where all of a sudden this happened with one of my companies? They said, oh, I, I'm really busy. I'm sorry. I'll get you, you know, I'll, I'll get you the credit card statement later. And then they never did. And the person moved on. They did that for a couple of months because they were hiding all of their theft. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I would say that I really try to document and hand it to them and get them to buy into it because of what could happen. And I do tell them horror stories. I've got a lot of them. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Big dollars. It is amazing how, how much you, you see out there. But I think, you know, and this is the value of good accounting process and procedures, right? That not only are you sure that the results that you're looking at are proper and correct, which help you manage and make decisions with your company, but you're also, you know, it, it's an extra feeling of comfort that you give to not only your, 
you know, yourself as the owner or your management team, but also those third-party advisors too. If you can show and prove that you've got good process and procedures in place with with your accounting um, setup, then that goes miles and miles to uh, helping you with your with your business, whether it's access to credit, capital, again, any third-party advisor. Heck, it makes our job much easier, right? I to- totally agree. Yes, indeed. You know, but it allows us to focus on, you know, some of the more fun stuff, which is maybe helping them grow their business or, or uh, additional efficiencies and, and other, uh, you know, best practices in terms of operations rather than, you know, the day-to-day. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Agreed. Now, you talked a little bit about you're seeing more of this due to COVID as, as you've been you know, engaged with your clients, is is that becoming more difficult because of the kind of work from home aspect or just not being together as much in the office or what, what in your mind, what's going on there? So probably one of the biggest things that's going on is that there's no normal, there's, there's nothing normal to compare the expenses against. And so because they, they've either been shut down, they've laid off, KBP has infused a lot of money into the company for a couple of months. So you have no benchmark. So from month to month, when you're looking at your expenses and you've either closed down or you've cut your business in half one week and then another, you know, by 25%, you can't say, is this what I should be expecting for this line item? So that is part of the problem of catching fraud and the employees are in there on a skeleton crew or working from home. No one's seeing what they're doing. So there's no supervision. And so not only do you have nothing to benchmark it against, but then you also have no oversight because everyone's working remotely and they're not asking good questions about what's going on. They're all just, a lot of people are really focused on the economy and how to grow their top line to survive. And I'm not sure they're entirely focused on internal controls internally. And they have done research that supports this, that says that when you're in a company that is laid off, then you're more likely to commit fraud because you're uncertain about when am I going to be laid off? So I'm going to take what I can. They're not paying attention because they're paying attention to how do I just get my company to survive? So that is what I've seen of late. That's interesting. I know uh, going back to the the Great Recession, kind of eight, nine, ten time frame, we saw more of that as well. You know, it, it coincides with with what you're you're indicating there. I think you know one of the other things too that people forget. You know, it's you can work with your your bank too. There's there's many. Uh, pieces of technology, whether it's positive pay or, you know, multi-factor authentication, multi-factor approval processes for ACH and things like that, that you can, you know, really utilize to, to sort of help you uh, with some of that segregation and, and people just, you know, they don't want to either don't want to pay for it, don't want to use it. Um, and, and there you go, then you have problems. <laughs> well, and that's very true because there's, they do have very good systems, but that comes with a cost. And so right now companies are saying, I'm already losing money. Why would I do that? Why would I spend more? And if they don't take the time themselves 
to really either do all the internal controls themselves or have a bank help them with positive pay, it's going to cost them more in the long run because people are stealing. They, they really are. Yeah. And, and the unfortunate part is they look at kind of the accounting process and procedures as a, uh, as a cost rather than an investment. And to your point, if you make the investment in that, it, it more than pays for itself in terms of uh, not only obviously fraud prevention, but just efficiency and information and uh, all those things. So, you know, it's surprising. I agree. And the other thing I think that people aren't focused on is the payroll side of things of the hours that people are working. I'm not suggesting that people are not doing well working from home, but it's really those that are defrauding the company. Um, I had an instance where someone was going into their time clock and changing it and they put eight hours for July 4th and no one caught it. The company wasn't open for July 4th. But no one was really looking at what was coming through to see, does this make sense? And so I think in these type of times, people are looking for more money and that's that type of thing happens and they need to be more diligent about looking at it, especially now. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, great insight, certainly. And, um, you know, those are some wise tips that that hopefully people will you know, cause, cause themselves to maybe take a step back. It really is a good time to do that and really evaluate your processes and procedures. And that's where I think you've been just a tremendous help to the clients that I know that we've worked mutually on in, in terms of getting them straight in that regard. And it's amazing the turnaround that has taken place in in some of those instances with regard to not only the reporting and, and process and procedures, but just the results that come out of that because they're not as concerned about, you know, all of those uh, details, you know, being improper all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's almost, you, you'd be shocked. There's even some companies I've come into and just because of my long experience doing this, one of the first questions I asked them is, when's the last time you balanced your bank account? Right. And you would be shocked. One person said last August, and it was almost a year. And I said, okay, well, uh, let's start there. And um, yeah, crazy questions. It's really the basic, you know, blocking and tackling that people don't think is as important, but boy, do you find things that way. So yeah, I've learned to ask really basic questions when I start somewhere, because at least it helps me. And, you know, I do what I call follow threads. So if something doesn't seem quite right, I don't look, no matter how little, I usually follow it because it'll uncover something else much bigger. And, and I usually just start with a lot of questions and I usually follow threads and I find things. I, I actually love it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. It's just kind of tugging at those, those loose threads a little bit. Uh, I love that analogy. And uh, certainly you've, you've been a great help to a number of our clients and um, it, it makes the whole relationship better. I think when people feel comfortable, they've got good, accurate information and they can focus on running their business. That's, that's what they should do. Well, that's the goal of providing that. Yep. Well, well, thanks, uh, Karen. It's been, uh, been great visiting with you and uh, we'll, we'll be sure to have you on again sometime soon and uh, we can get into more more fun stuff. So appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much.
And if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 